This podcast is part of the Big Data Beards virtual race to Splunk.com. Be sure to tune in to all the racing action by visiting youtube.com forward slash Big Data Beard or simply visit BigDataBeard.com and click virtualracetoconf. You're listening to the Big Data Beard. Hi, everybody. This is Corey Minton, and I'm joined by our newest Big Data Beard member, Tom West. Westy, welcome back. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you. Really Next. excited to be here. Excellent. Well, I am. Uh, I'm excited to say that you know we've now got the final race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway of the Virtual Race to .conf. Tomorrow will be the awards ceremony. I encourage everybody if you're not aware of what we're doing after the last ten, last nine podcasts that we've talked about this thing, we're doing a Virtual Race to .conf where we've uh, got together a, about 15 folks from uh, from technology companies around the industry to compete in a. Uh, racing challenge on iRacing, uh, and it's culminating uh, with the final race today. So we encourage you to check that out by going to bigdatabeard.com and click on the virtual race to conf tab. Today's race was actually sponsored by Splunk, and uh, one of the things that makes Splunk a unique place uh, and such a unique technology company is the community. And one of the most shining, wonderful examples of that community and how folks rally around each other is something called the Splunk Trust. And today we're going to talk about the Splunk Trust. And cool thing is, not only do we have Tom West, who's a member of the Splunk Trust, we've invited Ryan Plass to join us. Ryan is also a member of the Splunk Trust. Ryan, welcome to the Big Data Beard podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome, Ryan. So tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do for a living. Sure. Um, so I work for Stage 2 Security. I am a cybersecurity engineer there, um, working on a Splunk contract, um, and then also helping them build out uh, their managed detection and response platform that we uh, affectionately refer to as Smite. Very cool. Now, you, you clearly work with Splunk now, and you've got some expertise there, but I'm curious, kind of where did your, your story, your interaction with Splunk as a technology begin? Sure. Um, so actually, um, if we go way back, I um, started in the security field a little tangentially by um, doing front-end web development on a project um, at a security company. Um, that project kind of uh, phased out, uh, and I needed a new thing to do, and we were looking at using Phantom for SOAR and uh, they needed someone to kind of you know investigate that figure it out i had a i had a programming background and i was available so they kind of threw me at it um and that's that's kind of where that started um so mostly been involved on the phantom side but now kind of coming back around and and learning splunk and doing that nice now for, for those that really don't maybe know what phantom is would you mind spending just a few seconds to tell us a little bit about kind of what phantom is and and the functionality that that made it unique enough that that's something that uh that splunk went out and acquired sure uh so phantom falls under the category of a uh, soar platform or security orchestration automation and response um basically used to um, kind of automate your um 
response to incidents. I mean, it's it's pretty flexible, but the main the main goal is um, something like a um, enterprise security notable event or just some sort of event comes into the platform. Um, based on the data in that event, it'll kick off um, what, are, what are called, at least in Phantom, are called playbooks, um, which is a series of um, automated tasks, either information gathering or notification or um, other enrichment type things, or even um, towards the end of um, an incident response, you would have um, the response actions. So, you know, blocking things on a firewall or... Um, there's any any sort of um, thing on a customer system um, to fix the issue nice. that's happening. Very cool. Yeah, so it's it's one of those that I think people are just starting to get their arms around in many cases on kind of how it fits in. But I tell you what, automation is uh, it is a critical capability in mm -hmm. IT and in security today. Because I mean, I, I think we've seen the the level and the number of events happening. The 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 volume of these things happening is no longer kind of human scale. So anything you can do to automate that response, so you focus on the the really hard or important stuff, is uh, is totally totally interesting. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious from your perspective. So you started security, you had a good programming background, great. Now you've you've started working with this this phantom platform and have started kind of getting into Splunk. How has that kind of that jumping into the Splunk ecosystem? How's that affected your career? Um, I think it's it's opened it wide up. Um, I think before that. I was kind of floating around from, you know, web dev job to web dev job, never really like super happy with what I was doing. Um, but I think the, the amount of different opportunities there are just doing Splunk or Phantom um, or anything kind of in between. Um, I, I think that's, that's really helped kind of you know, motivate me to continue learning and uh, figure out what the next new thing I can do in that ecosystem is. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Um, and obviously now we, we kind of segue onto the, uh, onto the Splunk Trust. But before we go like any deeper into the trust, um, last, uh, last year for the, uh, for the road trip, we did do a, a podcast all around the, the Splunk Trust. But for those that may have missed that, for anyone that may be uh, new listening, um, can you give us a, a brief description of what the trust actually is? Sure. Um, and I would encourage people to go back and listen to that because I think you guys had um, Dwayne and George on there. And those are those are some super knowledgeable guys, especially on the history of the trust. But um, basically, the trust is um, a selection of people that were um, either nominated or you can nominate yourself, um, but are picked out for being contributors to the Splunk community. Um, either through Slack or answers or user groups or any combination of those things. Cool. Thank you. And um, for anyone that is um, wanting to uh, maybe thinking about actually becoming a member, how, how is it that you actually do become a member? What, what, what's some of the criteria you need to fulfill in order to actually be part of that? Sure. So to start, um, usually sometime in the summer each year nominations open up um they'll announce that on slack and on splunk website and various places um go there fill it out um it'll ask you for a description of like you know why why should you be in the trust and um like i said the big things are um contributions to the community um either through you know answering people's questions on slack or answers um or 
you know, you, leading a user group or you know, uh, producing apps for people on Splunk base. Um, you know, I guess in Phantom case, you could uh, release playbooks on GitHub or just any sort of help that you're giving to the community is kind of what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I'm curious. So, because I, I have I have an experience with the trust. My my first experience was my very first dot conf. I had no idea what the trust was, and I, I was eyes wide open at this you know this conference. It was you know at the time it was only like I think I think it might have been like twelve hundred or two thousand people. It wasn't very big, but I went down front because I was so excited and I thought, oh, it'll be great. I'll sit down here close to the front. And I'll be able to see everybody. And I'm looking down at my phone like, you know, we do these days when you're at a conference before things mm-hmm. start. And all of a sudden I look up and there's all these people sitting around me wearing fezes, black fezes and capes. Yeah. And I immediately knew that I wasn't in the right place. But everybody was super nice. They didn't make fun of me for not having a fez. They were welcoming. And, the, and so I went and found out like later I went up to somebody and I was like, hey, what's the deal with the fez and the and the, and the capes and stuff? And they told me and I'm like, oh, that's super cool. And they were, like I said, they're super nice, answered questions, were very welcoming folks. But I'm curious, what was your, like, what was your first experience with the, uh, with the Splunk Trust like? Um, so, so the first conf I went to was 2018. Um, and I think that was, that was also my first, like, large um, tech conference. I, I think I had been to, like, maybe a, a AWS like local event, but that was kind of the first one on that sort of scale that I've been to. Um, and I think it was just like you said, seeing these people with the strange hats on, but also super helpful answer any questions you have. Um, and that kind of, I guess inspired me to, you know, be like them. So it inspired me to start, you know, looking for ways I could contribute to the community. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, actually, this is kind of funny. I don't think, Wesley, I don't think I've ever asked you about what your experience was. Uh, what, what was the, what was your first experience like with the trust? It's really funny, actually, because it's also um, uh, .conf 2018. So my, uh, uh, I actually first got introduced to Splunk in uh, at Splunk Live in June 2018. And um, I hadn't really got any experience before that. I'd done Fundamentals 1, and that was about it. And uh was coming up with some training uh, ideas and thought, yeah, okay, it'd be really cool if I could try and get uh, involved in um, uh, in Gunner.conf. At that time, uh, it was just too late to attend uh, 2018, but I, re- I watched all the videos and I watched all the... Um, uh, all the all the all the playback after um, dot com twenty eighteen had gone and appeared, and the only thing I really saw was fezzes, and I was thinking, do I if I want to go to conf, do I have to wear a fez? Do you have to wear a fez the whole time? Uh, and then so did some more research into it and realized actually no, the, these are just a really uh, helpful set of folks that want to come and try and teach people and and help people uh, use Splunk in in new, different, in just better ways, and I thought that. That's, that's exactly what I'm all about. That's that's the, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, and uh, so, almost use that as a as a, as an aspiration to, uh, to 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 better myself and to further how I uh, how I used um, Splunk. Um, but 
for me, that's kind of one of the reasons why I enjoy the, the Splunk Trust a lot because they do do a lot of that, and I had to do a lot of self learning to um, to pick up Splunk. I I I was an advanced user before I could even do fundamental before I even did fundamentals too. Um, but Ryan, from your perspective, what do you enjoy most about being part of the Splunk Trust? Sure. Um... I guess one of the things that I like is the kind of level of access that we get to uh, either like uh, project managers at Splunk or or other people that are kind of in charge of making some of those product decisions, Um, you know, kind of in our, in our places of trust, um, we've kind of shown ourselves to be like either knowledgeable about the product or, you know, involved in um, helping people, answer questions about it. So we have kind of a unique perspective on what people are trying to do with it. Um, and that, that access to the decision makers at Splunk is, is fun because, you know, we get to, you know, have, have discussions that uh, you normally wouldn't be able to, I guess. Nice. So the fact that it is a, a community of folks that are trying to be helpful and it sounds like the criteria is all about hey have you actually been an active member of the community helping solve problems teach enable come alongside folks who are trying to go down this path it it sounds very different than oftentimes when you hear like select group right and especially in technology circles you have like some sort of select group it's almost like those are like the groups that you're like oftentimes people who are new to a technology feel uh, like they don't belong, like they shouldn't go ask them questions because they're below them. But it sounds like at the very <laughs> the very heart of what the Splunk Trust is, it's that, yes, it is a select group of people who are really good, but they're really good at helping. So we really shouldn't fear the Fez. Like if you if you run into a Fez at a Splunk Live or, you know, we get back together again, you shouldn't fear the Fez. You should love the Fez. Is that right, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, we typically wear the hat so we are noticed. I think if we, went, if we really didn't want people talking to us, we wouldn't wear them the noticeable hats. Um, but yeah, um, I think, um, just about everybody in the trust, um, I think is, is more than willing to answer any questions or point people in a direction if they don't have the answer. Awesome. And, um, we've seen certainly this year as well from the, from the community side of Splunk, a lot of different tools, a lot of different ways to, to interact with other people. And obviously we've had a lot of different challenges outside just the technology world. Um, I, from certainly from user groups perspective, um, of the new tools and of the tools that are already available there, like from your perspective, Ryan, what would you, um, what would you say is the, the way that you best uh, like to interact with the community? Um, I think I'm most comfortable hanging out in Slack. Um, I guess I'm mostly active in the, um, phantom community Slack, which is currently separate from Splunk Slack. Um, but you'll occasionally see me pop in on answers too. Um, I guess we're calling it answers still. I think so. Okay. I think that's right. <laughs> it's, it's not, answers. maybe they'll rebrand it, whatever, you know. but, um, yeah. So yeah, I mostly like interacting on Slack. I think the, um, it's, it's, it's chat. So you can sit there and you can live, I guess, talk to somebody, but it's also, you know, it stays there. It's a little asynchronous. If you need to go look up an answer, it's fine. Um, yeah. Nice. 
Well, we'll make sure and put the links to uh, to the Slack channels in the show notes. So if you're new to Splunk, you're you're new to Phantom, you're looking to find some expertise, a place to ask some questions. They're they're very active, uh, and like I said, very open. And the Fezes are right there, absolutely trying to help. And frankly, the the folks who want to be Fezes next year are uh, mm-hmm. are on there trying to do their best to uh, to support the community and enable. So I I will say I, I want to say thanks to the Splunk Trust. We've been uh, at the Big Data Beard, uh, super thankful for. Tom West and, and actually the broader trust community for helping us with a number of the projects that we've uh, taken on, including the mm-hmm. road trip to Conf and this year's virtual race to Conf. And uh, I, I hear the announcements are coming at Conf just a few days away uh, for this year's cohort of the Splunk Trust. So uh, good luck to those who are uh, who are under consideration and uh, and best luck to those who are continuing to uh, put in the work to earn the right to have a Fez someday. So I just want to say thank, thank you, Ryan, for your contributions to the community and you as well, Tom West. But before, Ryan, I let you go, I want to jump into rapid fire. We've learned a lot about our guests today, but now it's time to get a bit more personal in a segment we like to call rapid fire. All right, Ryan, here, let's get started with rapid fire. The first question, what is the most productive thing you've done during the uh, pandemic <laughs> quarantine? Sure. Uh, I guess still in the starting stages of it, but I'm actually um, going back to college to finish up my degree. Oh, dude, that is incredibly productive. Congratulations. That's awesome. What about, uh, so I, if you're in school, it's hard to have any spare time, but is there any books that you've read in the last uh, last year or so that you would absolutely recommend to our listeners? Sure. Um, I have really enjoyed, it's called The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. Um, it sounds like something for somebody with a lot of money, but it's not. Um, it's really just a simple way to, you know, start um, having some savings goals and achieving them. Um it's really, really simple. Like the nice. the book could probably be one page, but there's a lot of good information in there. And if <laughs> if I can do it, just about anybody can do it. So nice. Well, you know, I think we've all been made highly aware of how important savings and financial uh, stability is mm-hmm. in a time of uh, questionable work environments and industries being absolutely disrupted. So that's uh, that's good advice. Now, one industry that's not being disrupted is the streaming entertainment industry. That's other than the fact that we don't have any new stuff <laughs> coming up because nobody's on, but everybody's using it. So, are there any specific shows that you've thought have been great that you've been watching during the uh, during the pandemic? I have been watching uh, season two of Umbrella Academy, working our way through that. Yeah. Um, I don't really binge shows anymore. I don't have the time to... Every once in a while, we can get one or two episodes in. So. Yeah. It's when you get the kids down for bed. Yeah. You sit right. on the couch. For, <laughs> and it's like an hour before you're like, okay, now I'm tired. So. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, funny enough, that's one of the shows I'm in right now. So I think I just finished episode five. Uh, but really well shot. Interesting. For sure. Funny show. It's good. All right. What piece of technology are you maddest at right now? Oh, boy. Um, my Bluetooth headphones. Oh. They, Why is Bluetooth so bad? I don't know. I don't feel like it. I mean, I might just need a new pair. That might be the issue. But um, just refusing to connect to what I want to connect to, um, stay connected. Um. If I try to use the microphone on it, it just stops. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's one of those areas of technology that I would have expected us to get really good at. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like Bluetooth has really changed in terms of quality 
in legit eight years. Like mm-hmm. I, I tried to like we were talking about this whole putting kids dead, you know, to bed at night. Like we, we live in a little small cottage, and so if you turn the TV up very loud, you can, the kids can kind of hear it in their room. So we we went and got one of these like, you know, Bluetooth transmitters and Bluetooth headsets, and we're not mm-hmm. talking like, you know, top of the line. We're talking not cheapo stuff. And it's terrible. Like mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just the most useless technology. I'm literally about to run like two 20 foot headphone jacks out of my TV just to get it something that works. All right. So uh, obviously we haven't been able to travel too much lately, but uh, when we can travel again freely, where's the first place on your list to go? Oh, this is a little weird, but um, <laughs> I've been I really like, wanting like to weird. go to uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, um, okay. home of the Mothman. Uh, they have a big statue of it there, and it's kind of like on my bucket list to go see that. So nice. I might, you know, schedule a road trip over there at some point. Well, I mean that it, that place, that area is a surprisingly beautiful part of the country. So mm-hmm. yeah, West Virginia is great. All right. So if uh, our audience wants to uh, connect with you in the social sphere, where do they find you? Uh, Twitter. I am at wordplass. Uh, also wordplass.com. Um, and then in Splunk and Phantom Slacks, I am R-Plas, R-P-L-A-S. Nice. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us, for joining Tom West and I to talk about the Splunk Trust. And I, I just want to encourage the listeners that if you're not aware, the Splunk Trust, as we've talked about, is a, a community of people trying to help uh, answer questions, solve problems, uh, teach and enable uh, folks who are interested in learning more about Splunk. Uh, to do exactly that. And it's really not about, you know, if you're a, a Splunker from a, a big Splunk customer or a small Splunk customer, it's really an equal group of folks trying to do the right thing and help the community. So go sh- make sure you check out the uh, the Splunk user group Slack channels. And uh, thanks again for listening to the Big DW podcast as we wrap up the virtual race to Splunks.conf20. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Big Data Beard podcast on our virtual race to .conf 2020. For more information and to see all of the virtual race content, check out bigdatabeard.com forward slash VR2C. Special thanks to our partners, Splunk, Dell Technologies, Red River, Hippo Digital, Intel, Arrow, and McLaren.